hard to believe he's really gone, Michael said as he set his foot down on the creaky step up to the attic. Yeah, seems like just yesterday he was telling us to stop running inside, Jen said, scratching her arm. Michael stuck his neck up and looked around the attic above him. Can't really see anything, Michael said as he slipped his phone out of the pocket and into the palm. He turned the flashlight on and shined it around the attic. He saw a string light and set his phone down, flashlight up, on the wooden planks. He climbed up. Jen watched as her brother disappeared into the darkness of the room above her. He turned around to face her. You coming? He asked, getting down on one knee. Yeah, she responded. She stopped scratching her arm and stepped up onto the ladder. A few rungs later and she was inside the attic with Michael. Michael picked up the phone and walked towards the string light. Reaching it, he pulled down on it and the bulb awoke for the first time in years. Hmm. Place must have not seen much use when Dad got older. Michael said as he shut his flashlight off and slipped his phone back into his pocket. He heard a sniffle behind him. He glanced back to Jen, who was wiping tears from underneath her eyes. He turned his body and stepped close to her. He stretched out his hand and rubbed Jen's arm. It's okay. Let's just look around for a minute. Then we'll go back down, alright? Michael said, dark bags under his eyes. Jen nodded in response, too choked up to speak without crying more. Michael took his arm away and turned back to the cluttered attic. He walked forward a few paces before stopping at a small wooden crate. He got down on one knee to investigate it. On top of it were several file folders and pieces of paper. There was a phone number that was repeated across quite a few of them. The phrase, the frequency, appeared several times across several papers. He stuffed one with the number into his pocket and slid the rest off the crate. He popped the lid off and opened it up. Inside were mostly small trinkets and older, antique-looking items. Michael pulled a strange-looking wristwatch from the crate. He held it in his palm, rotating it slightly. What's that? Jen asked. A wristwatch, um, says, uh, Volmir on it, Michael replied. That's... Why does that sound familiar? She asked. Here, take a look, you might remember. Michael said as he handed Jen the watch. She took it from him and stared at it for a few seconds while Michael continued to rummage around the crate. Oh wait, um, I, I think I remember this now. Uh, it's the wristwatch Dad got appraised when I was a kid, Jen said aloud. Michael pivoted slightly, still remaining crouched, and looked up to Jen. I don't remember that. Well, when I was really young, I was sick one day and stayed home from school. Mom was at work and Dad was here taking care of me. Said he'd been meaning to get it appraised for a while. He figured the fresh San Fran air could help my cold, Jen responded. Um, we went to this weird antique shop. The guy told him it was the rarest thing he'd ever seen. That it was an, an attractant or something for, for strange things. God, feels like such a long time ago, she continued. Michael's eyes fell to the floor. The two were silent for a while. Too bad nothing strange ever really happened to us, Michael said as his voice penetrated the quiet. 
Michael continued to look through boxes and small containers that littered the attic. He ripped open the tops of taped-up cardboard boxes that sat idle, collecting dust. I think I'm going to go back downstairs, Jen said aloud. All right, I'll be down in a second, Michael replied as he patted the top of a box. Jen slipped the wristwatch into her pocket and descended down the ladder. Michael rested on a single knee for a few moments, absorbed by the fresh silence around him. As he stood up, he wiped a thin layer of dust he collected on his hands, his gaze wandering up to blinds that hung on the wall several feet in front of him. He stood there for a moment. He extended his foot, stepping over several containers scattered messily across the floor. His hands reached for the drawstrings, and by his request, the blinds quickly ascended, revealing a distant view of the Golden Gate Bridge. Michael stared out for a few seconds. See you later, Dad. He turned away and stepped over the clutter, moving towards the ladder that led downstairs. As his feet touched the navy blue carpet below the attic, he folded up the ladder and pushed the entrance up in the ceiling, closing up the only route. Michael made his way through the room, intent on getting outside. He reached the front door and opened it, his fingers wrapping around the silver doorknob. Twisting it, Michael pushed it open and stepped out into the crisp air. He gently shut the door behind him, taking several seconds to stare off to the street in front of his house. Standing with his hands at his sides for a few seconds, Michael reached into his pocket and proceeded to pull out the piece of paper with a hastily written phone number on it. He glanced at it for a few seconds. He reached down to his other pocket and pulled his phone out. He glanced between the paper and his phone, dialing the number. He reached the end of the number and stopped for a moment. He stared at the call button. He tapped it and held the phone to his ear, looking out into the deep black sky of San Francisco. Hey there, welcome to the frequency. You're on the air. What have you been up to tonight, caller? The voice asked. Is this the, the frequency? Michael responded. It most certainly is. Strangest radio station around. I take it you're a first-time caller? The voice asked. Y yes, yes I am. Um, but I think, I think maybe my dad wasn't? Michael said, speaking up. Your father? Now who might that be? The voice questioned. He passed away a few days ago. Um, we just had the funeral. Michael said, looking at the ground before scratching his face. Well, that's certainly sad. Sorry for your loss, the voice replied. Yeah, yeah, it's been tough. Um, my sister and I were up in the attic, and we were looking through some of his old stuff. I, I found what um, I now know is your station's number, um, written on a whole bunch of papers up there, Michael said, looking out into the darkness of the cold night. Hmm. Well, what was your father's name? The voice asked. Michael's eyes opened wider, and the cold air seeped into his eyelids. His name, uh, was George. 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 Hold on a second, the voice said through Michael's phone speaker. Michael hadn't had much time alone to confront the newfound absence of his father yet. He felt a tightening sensation roll through his body. A physical representation of him coming to terms with it, he internally proposed. 
A few minutes passed as Michael stood in the oddly comforting silence. You still there? The voice asked through the phone. Yeah. I just looked through my record of callers, and there was a George that called in a few months ago. Oh, okay, great. Thank you. You're welcome. And, uh... <sighs> Sorry about your dad. Thanks, Michael said quietly as he hung up. He stood idle, staring into the dark San Fran night sky. His attention jumped to the door beside him as he heard it open. He turned to see his sister stepping outside. She closed the door behind her. She rubbed her arm, her black coat shifting up and down as her hand moved over it. Hey, how's it going out here? Jen asked, feigning a gentle smile. About as good as you think. Who called? She asked. Oh, I, um... I called the number I found up in the attic. Kind of surprised it connected me with who the paper said would have it. Michael answered. Who was it? Um, it was a radio station. Um... It's called The Frequency. The Frequency? Jen repeated quietly. I guess I'm not sure why I called. Guy on the other end told me Dad hadn't called a few months back. Maybe I... Maybe I just felt like I could be closer to Dad again, in some way. Michael said, shifting his focus back into the sky. He heard Jen sniffle and was drawn back to reality. She partially covered her face with her hand obscuring it from Michael's view. She didn't want him to see her crying. Michael stepped closer to her, rubbing her shoulder, exhaling hot breath quietly into the chilled air around them. Jen couldn't hold it together anymore and broke down. Tears streamed down her face. Jen moved to hug Michael and the siblings wrapped their arms around each other. It's alright, Jen. It's gonna be alright. Michael said, trying to comfort his sister. Several minutes passed of them holding each other in the quiet, thinking about the past few days they'd had. Michael gently pulled himself away from Jen, holding a hand on her shoulder for a moment. Jen wiped the tears from her eyes and cheeks. Hey, um, do you still have that wristwatch? Michael asked. Jen nodded and slipped her hand into her jacket pocket. She pulled out the watch and handed it to Michael. He held it in his fingers. Hands were moving. The watch was functional. Was this working earlier? Michael asked. Um, I, I don't know. Jen responded. Michael stared at the reinvigorated timepiece. Why don't we head back inside? Michael suggested, looking back up to Jen. Yeah, Jen said, choked up. Jen twisted open the door, and the two stepped back inside, out of the night. Michael glanced at the wristwatch once more. He focused on its quiet ticking, drowning out the other noises in the room. There was a strange energy attached to this watch. He didn't know how, or what it was, but he could feel something. It felt oddly powerful in his hand. Shaking off his thoughts, he slipped it in his pocket. He walked over to the couch to be with the rest of his family.